Welcome to Making Your Impact, a podcast to inspire and equip you to pursue your calling and make your positive impact on the world. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I have a passion for making an impact, and I also have a passion for helping you make yours. So let's get started. Welcome back to Making Your Impact. I am very, very glad that you are here. For those of you who don't know me, I am your host, Melissa Ike. I am a nonprofit co-founder and a director, an anti-human trafficking activist, attorney, speaker, and writer. You can learn more about me at melissaike.com. That's melissaeick.com. On today's episode, I will be conversing with a great pal of mine, Shayla Raquel. I wanted to give you the chance to hear from Shayla because she she is just one of us. She is passionate about making an impact in every area of her life, professionally, with her volunteer time, with her hobbies and in her relationships. She is someone who is doing a lot, a lot of the time, and like us, she's working to manage it all. She's also just, frankly, a fun person, and I think you'll appreciate that pretty early on into our convo. First, though, it is time for an Instagram shout out. This week's shout out goes to Gary Medina. Gary recently followed the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact. He is one of my friends through Yukon Writer Society, and he himself is a writer. Gary is someone I consider to be a cool guy, much, much cooler than me. And you can follow his adventures as a writer alongside his cat, his spicy boy, Wasabi, at G underscore A-I-R underscore E. Get it? Gary. Gary. If you would like a shout out on the show as well, just head over to the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact and click that follow button and I may just give you a shout out. And now it is time for our conversation with Shayla. So let's get into it. Shayla. Hi. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Are you kidding? This is awesome. I've oh. I've honestly, what is the best term? Binge listened to every single episode. I listened to four episodes right in a row because I I couldn't stop. Wow. It was so good. I love it. I love this podcast. Oh. It's awesome. Thanks. Well, okay. I I wanted to have you on. One, because I like you very much and you're a good friend. But two, like you are someone who seeks to make an impact with like everything you do. This is how I perceive you. In fact, like I think in maybe one of my first episodes, I was talking about the different the different ways that you can do that. Like it can be through work or it can be through volunteering. It can be part time, full time, you know, through a hobby, through relationships. And I was like, I'm pretty sure if I made up a grid, the grid that exists in my mind, Shayla would just like check every single box. That's because I'm an overachiever you and I don't are. know how to do anything mm-hmm. any other way but all. Like right. all in mm-hmm. all the time. Yes, but I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Very much. Thank you. Um, So I would describe you. I was making a list. Uh, oh, goodness. Author, I scratched one out and that was excellent. Good. Definitely scratch that out. Nope. Author, entrepreneur, <laughs> volunteer. leader speaker and then I was like I ran out of room I call myself an all of the abover you are because if there is something to do I'm probably going to shove that in there and I'm starting to run out of room on my Instagram bio where you type (laughs) out the things that you do you know it says like editor author uh, speaker book blogger dog mom and then it just and it keeps going I've got to yeah yeah, I'm an all of the abover I just do all the things Mm -hmm. except math 
Okay. Not but, that. But you have a calculator, so who needs it? Well, here's the thing. Oh, no. Still can't use that, <laughs> but I do have a CPA, so <laughs> that makes a difference. Problem solved. Correct. Threat neutralized. <laughs> okay. Well, so I would love for you... I have categories to ask you about. Always, always. But... Will you explain... Okay, tell the people who you are. Well, I'm Shayla Raquel. Uh-huh. I am an author. Yes. I'm an editor. I am a self-publishing mentor. Mm-hmm. I'm a speaker. In fact, I'm leaving tomorrow to go to WordFest Southwest to speak on writing wickedly good villains, mm-hmm. which is exciting because I love talking about the bad guys and girls <laughs> in the book world. And I'm also... I Goodness, I work with authors every day. So I help them with all of their needs primarily in the self-pub world. Mm -hmm. But most important thing that I am is a dog mom. You are to some of the cutest, the sweetest, sweetest craziest. Yeah. Neurotic. No, they are. They are. (laughs) They are totally neurotic. They're just like me. But I like them. (laughs) I know. It's very endearing. Nature versus nurture. Like, you know what? I'm actually going to talk about that on Saturday about villains. Okay. Nature versus nurture. Are you going to use your dogs as an example? Lord, No. What I was going to use a little bit of like, you know, throw some Hannibal Lecter in there. But oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, this is the kind of thing, listener, uh, this is the kind of thing that Shayla talks about. Yes, like, it's true. Gruesome murders. Yes, is, I find them fascinating. Yeah, no, I really do. It's just so interesting. Because I would never do that. So I got to know why you did it. But yeah. that has nothing to do with making your impact. This is not how does Hannibal Lecter yet, make his impact. Okay, but you are a creative. <laughs> you're an author. And so I feel like. I personally feel like people who add creativity to the, their creativity to the world just make an impact for all of us because you never know what that's going to inspire. Hopefully not bad things, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> spark somebody else's creativity um, sure. or just like give someone a break from everyday life. They yeah. can escape into a book. I think it's hugely important. You have to think about there. I've actually read a couple of quotes on this, but basically the idea, and I'll paraphrase, was that try to imagine a world without anything right. involving entertainment. Yeah. No art, no photography, no books, no movies, yep. no music. Mm-hmm. You cannot survive without these no. things. And in fact, I do think Stan Lee was one of the ones who oh. said that. Mm-hmm. There's another quote out there by somebody else. But yeah, creativity rules the world. Right. You have to have those things mm-hmm. in your life to function. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Okay, well, that's a cool... Um, maybe we have another conversation just about that. We should. Creativity. I want to launch into something, but that would be off topic. Yeah, we're going to stay on But you yeah. live a few minutes away, so sure. I can rope you into this, this again. That's true. Okay, so describe... The uh, first thing that I wanted to talk about is how you make an impact through your work. You did mention you work with authors every mm-hmm. day, but... So describe, um, describe your business. Sure. Yeah. Well, I started my business in 2013, but I started in the publishing industry in 2010. Mm -hmm. And basically every single day I wake up and I work with authors. So I could be editing their books. I could be coaching them on writing. I could be designing an author website. Mm -hmm. I could be teaching them about branding, social media, book marketing. Every day it's different, Mm -hmm. which I think is what makes my job so much fun. Mm -hmm. I never really have, I don't have the same thing. It's always different. So ultimately, as far as how my business works, this is full time. I don't do anything else Mm -hmm. um, but this. And I work from home in my office slash library. Which is an awesome room and I love it. it. I'm 
a book collector, yes, not you so are. much a hoarder. That's, a, that's an ugly word. Uh-huh. So we're just going to say collector. Totally. Yes. And every day, you know, I, I work with my author. Sometimes we do consults on Skype or Zoom, and that makes it really fun because I get to work with clients all over the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I might be having a consult with somebody in Australia or New Zealand or in oh, I don't know, like the UK, mm-hmm. or then the next day, Louisiana. Right. You know, so it's it's really, really fun. It's always different, and I'm very blessed to get to live my dream job. Right. So then I was curious because um, this is also a good excuse for me to just ask you questions about you that I want to know. Oh, my. I know. Oh, no, but, like, <laughs> how did you – how did this – how did you get the dream for this to be your job? <sighs> what drew you to it? I'll try to do this as short as I can. <laughs> I we got swear time. it's interesting. So ultimately, I knew I was going to become a writer when I was age 16. Mm-hmm. My mother insists that it was way younger than that, probably age eight, which mm-hmm. she's right, mm-hmm. because I, I was writing poetry at that age. But I didn't know for sure that I wanted to pursue writing until age 16, and I couldn't wait long enough to get to college. So I graduated a year early at 17 so I could rush my way <laughs> into, at the time, that what tracks. was called, yeah, <laughs> it, it worked, for commercial writing is what it was called at that time. And so I had an advertising minor as well. And I went to Pensacola, Florida and attended Pensacola Christian College. By the time I was 20 um, in August and I would have turned 21 in September, I started at a publishing company as a copywriter. And for six months, did that, loved it. it was Explain really fun. what copywriting It is. just means that I write copy. So I was writing like ad copy. I was writing magazine articles. I was writing radio scripts. I was writing bios and headlines for mm-hmm. artists and different things. And then they asked me to apply for the copy editor position. And I wrote out the email to politely decline because <laughs> I didn't think I was old enough. I didn't uh... think I was well educated enough. Not like I didn't have enough education yet. I wasn't ready yet. Mm -hmm. But before I hit send, I called my sister and I told her about it. And she said, oh, just apply for it anyway. And if you get it, just figure it out as you go along. Good advice. And I was like... Well, that's pretty solid. Yeah. So I applied for also, it. Also, they invited, they asked you. So, they did. So someone thought that you did have the that's education true. and qualifications. They did. It's yeah. just that, you know, you're at this point, oh, I would have been like yeah. 21 and a half. And I would have been like, what? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not ready. How, how do I know what I'm doing? But I took the editor test. It was a copy editing test. And the whole time that I took it, I was just like, I failed. I know I failed, I failed, I failed. And I waited a few days and the supervisor asked me to come in. And so, so we sit down and she goes, Shayla, I'd like to offer you a job. And like an idiot, I said, what? Are you sure? <laughs> and she goes, yes, we, we want, we want to offer you the job. And I was like, and this is what I said. I said, but I thought I failed the test. <laughs> and she did. She laughed and she goes, no, she goes, in fact, you had one of the highest scores. And I was like, are you sure? You I need mean, to grade that again. <laughs> yes, in complete disbelief. And I worked my way through that. You know, I did a lot. I was editing, I think I did 15 books a month. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a, like half of those were like children's books. So I had a lot of foundation in that. And then I took on a marketing position as like a publicist. Wow. And so I worked with authors that way. Then in t- 2012, I quit and I started a t-shirt business with two of my friends, which was a horrible idea uh-huh. because it completely blew up in my face. Mm. And so that that is actually a good thing. Okay. The reason for that is that if you want to make an impact, if you want to be successful, if you want to live the life that you believe God has designed for you, there's going to be failures along right. the way. Yep. There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be obstacles. And all of those are lessons. Those Mm -hmm. are teachable moments for you to grab onto. And so I learned 
you know what, I'm not doing my dream job. This, this t-shirt company is not what I wanted to do. And there was just too much tension and too much stress. And so in 2013, my mom was at this point, the company had dissolved and I was just so exhausted and really stressed. So my mom just basically was like, we're going to Florida. And so she took me to Florida and I was crying one night in the condo and I didn't know what to do because I couldn't figure out what am I going to do with my life, you know? And I, like I said, I'm an overachiever. So my quarter life crisis was not at 25. It was at like 23 almost. Well, I mean, you graduated high school early, so why not? So I, yeah, skipped all that. And then she said, okay, if you could wake up every morning and do the same thing, what would it be? And I figured out, you know, I want to go back to editing and I want to be a writer and that's what I want to do. And so my company was born on April 20th, 2013. And from there, I've been working really hard to help authors every single day with their books. I don't think that was too long. It wasn't. It could have been worse. You know what? So There's a lot more in there. There's a lot of footnotes. It seems like there could be a lot more detail <laughs> there than There is. <laughs> but it's, what's so interesting is, and it was all, oh my gosh, Shayla. What? 2013. On May 3rd, 2013, I was inducted to the Iowa Bar, Iowa State <gasps> Bar, and I was devastated. I was in an really? emotional low spot because I did, I, so I was in Iowa for that, and it snowed okay. in May, which is unusual, but ridiculous. I can't even imagine that. And I, because, okay, so I had been practicing, I was on the road to becoming a lawyer. I mean, I was, I was a lawyer, but I was... Head in that direction, and it—I it just had this pit in my stomach. It was not it what I wanted what to wanted. do, and I knew that, but I didn't have anything else. Yeah, I didn't have any ideas, and so my parents could sense that I was having a tough time. Oh, that parental intuition! Yeah, man. Gets well, me every time. also breaking down in tears in Target. That does it. <laughs> that, it was Target for that you. Tipped them off. Okay, uh, mine was just a, was a condo. Sure, <laughs> you know. Either way, yep. emotional meltdown. Yep, and. And so my parents gingerly sat me down the next night and my dad said, if you were going to do anything, what would it be? I was like, that's so cool. I go, it's so dumb. I was like, I want to like, I was like, I don't even know what this would be, but be like a speaker about human trafficking. So you already knew. I mean, I it was there, did, but like, you just but didn't know what the title was. How would I know? And, or I did not know where to get involved. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know if it was even a thing. Yeah, and anything so, could be a thing if you work hard enough toward it. Okay, but three years later, I was the founder of an organization. That's awesome. Right? I mean, that's so weird. But all of the, uh, like those bad, like that moment in Target, absolutely. like you had to have that that's moment right. so that you could sit down and be like, okay, something has to change. It has to change. And see, my parents, I don't know if you were being like sarcastic or not, but my mom was not ginger. She okay. literally sat me down and was like, nope, enough of this. No more crying. I'm not going to watch this anymore. You go in that room right now. And you sit down with your little notebook and you write down a list of things that you want to do. And I don't want you coming back out here until you got figured out. I mean, that's, and that works really well for my it personality. It would not have worked well with it my personality. It works great for me. It cannot work for my sister. My sister would right. just burst into tears. Yeah. And so I just went off in there and I did not come out until I had a list. Wow. So. That's so interesting. The parallels. It is. But yeah. And also it, the timeline. Um, so the people who you are, you're helping people with self-publishing, which is. I'm just been I've just been learning about with you guys for the last year, mm -hmm. not even quite. Um, Nine months, roughly. Yeah, and there's a lot to it. And so yeah. you're for people who 
have put all the work into writing a book that just the fact that they've done that is a big accomplishment. Sure. And like they have this dream. And so if we're talking about the importance of people putting creativity into the world, like you are making an impact in the lives of these authors and also you're adding, helping them to add their art and thoughts to the world. Right. And then what's so great about art in and of itself, whether we're talking about a book or photography or painting or whatever, once that artist creates something, in this case, the author, and that reader gets a hold of that masterpiece of that piece of artwork, okay, Mm -hmm. then from there, more art, more art is created. And it's just a cycle. And that's what's so great about it. But yeah, I do. I help them learn the self-publishing industry. My big, big thing is to do it in a high quality manner. I am not about doing things low quality. Mm -hmm. I want them to have a gorgeous cover, uh, professionally edited, Mm -hmm. formatted. I want them to go into this feeling super proud Mm -hmm. of their book to know that they did the best job they possibly could. Right. So what do you think is maybe from your perspective, the most rewarding thing about your work? Okay. You can say honestly, I think it's when, especially when it's a brand brand new author and they've just never had a book published before, and they come to me. I'll, we'll use Kanesha Johnson for mm-hmm. example. Okay, so she came to me at the beginning of the year. We met at a coffee shop and we talked about doing a writing mentorship where I would mentor her mm-hmm. through the entire process of writing the Soul Balanced devotional. Mm-hmm. And so I mentored her on all of it. We created an outline together. We did these prompts. I kept her motivated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, earlier this week, she sent me the final cover of her book. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's so cool to know that at the beginning of this year, she had an inkling of an idea. She did not have a book, an inkling of an idea. Mm -hmm. And now she and I are in cahoots. You are. Because we're talking about launching our books in the same like day or month and having a launch party together. And I sit there and I think this is it. This is why I do what I do because Kanasia knew I want this book to change lives. Mm -hmm. How do I do the thing? Mm -hmm. And I kind of sort of know how to help people do the thing. Sure do. And so now I get to, like, there's going to be a moment where I get to hold Kanasia's book in my hands. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a moment where she holds her book in her hands and that's worth everything. Mm -hmm. That is why I do what I do because I'm so crazy in love with books and with authors. It, I have been an avid reader my whole life Mm -hmm. and to have even a, tiny minute part in it is everything to me so as far as what drives me and what makes it so worthwhile it's literally just knowing that hey author you're gonna start with nothing and by the time you and i are done you're gonna have a book in your hands right how cool is that super cool it's the coolest thing ever i love it It never gets old so then i kind of wanted to segue from that into yukon writer society which is how i met you correct and because it's Taking your work and now um, now you're engaging in it in a volunteer capacity, right. a leader. Let's just talk about the group. Yeah. I mean, the Yukon Writers Society was founded in November 2016. I knew nothing about it. In roughly April to early May 2017, the Yukon Writers Society was on the Meetup app. And I was on there and you can select certain categories to be notified of. And I clicked writing. And so I kept getting this email one day, every day for a week saying that the the organizer for the Yukon Writers Society has stepped down. Somebody else needs to take over this group. And there was nothing written in stone. It's literally just a group on meetup. And then apparently they had only met twice before and it wasn't even Yukon. 
keep in mind that for as long as I can remember, I had wanted to be a part of a writing group, especially as a teenager, but there just wasn't anything around or I wasn't privy to it. Mm-hmm. And I kept staring at the email and I would ignore it and I would ignore it. And then it was the day, it was the, I mean, the last day that I could take over or else it would just be like completely deleted. Mm-hmm. So I kind of closed my eyes and clicked the button and took over as organizer and I mean, we started with like four people at our first official meeting. Now we average 20, mm-hmm. which is pretty typical. And I am so in love with it because it's crazy to me to think, wow, this is all volunteer. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting paid for this. Right. And I wouldn't have it any other way because this is my haven. Yeah. This is something that I so look forward to. And I've heard all of you guys say it too when we get there on a Thursday night. Oh, I'm so glad. It's YWS and I. Oh, like this yeah. is my break. This is my fun time. For sure. It's a blast. And so what I think's been really awesome is to see it grow into now we have three trustees. We have Gary Medina. He handles all of our like video and audio and our super cool stuff like that. We have Janie Mary who handles like keeps me sane. Yes. She handles our games. She comes up with prizes. She, she does a lot of booking of different booking, things. Booking, our book signings, all that stuff. And then you mm-hmm. got to become trustee a few months back, which took such a load off of my back because now I have another person to bounce ideas off of. And you're right. so good at strategizing. And so it's been awesome to see it grow yeah. from just like nothing right. to something. Into big. an actual, also you, it must have been you that applied for nonprofit. We status. are, reg- I did that mm-hmm. in the summer of 2017. Right. Which we is, are I a registered nonprofit. It's a long process. It wasn't like, it wasn't horribly right. bad because we're a writer's group, uh-huh. but it was still, okay, we got to set up a bank account. We yeah. got to do the paperwork. I've have to, I had to have all the trustees sign mm-hmm. different things and, but we got it done and, um, it's just so cool because it seems like every other week we're coming up with new ideas. Oh, let's do this and let's try this. You know, we're even playing around with the idea of a teen writing camp wow. and how fun that would yeah. be. But right now we're really focused hard on our Rider Olympics. This will be our second year, October mm-hmm. 19th, and it is going to be a blast. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really excited about that because it's all geared toward, okay, how can we help you finish your novel? Mm-hmm. How can we you know, help you take the leap and Mm -hmm. make this thing happen. So I love doing it. Um, To be honest, there is not time for me to be doing this. And yet somehow it works out and I wouldn't have it any other way because I've met my closest friends you included. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just, I'm, it feels weird if I don't see you guys after a few days. It's It's very weird because I'm so used to having you guys in my life. That is now my truth as well. Right. So I think, so I can personally speak to the impact that YWS has had in my life. Um, well, first of all, I think we should talk about our story. Oh, yes, please. Our meeting story. It's <laughs> one of best. my favorite stories. So I was at our lo- our local coffee shop, Vaca Territory. So I was there working on Dragonfly stuff. And this woman sits down at the next table. And all Pink-haired of a sudden she haired woman. Goes, Pink-haired, yes. And she goes... She points at my planner and she says, is that a day designer? And I was like, it is instant friends. stranger. Right. Oh, but if you're talking about day designer, you or can... Or office supplies in general. You can recognize it from afar. Yes, you can. So you slide down the bench, I believe. Oh, I did. I was just like, right? we're going to be friends. And we talked about the day designer and you're, you had like a mini one. Uh-huh. Or like a different, yeah. Like yeah. A, and I think we talked about pens. Oh, and then yes. And highlighters. And highlighters. And then somehow you're like, what do you do? And I'm like... 
like dragonfly human trafficking. You're like, I do jail ministry. <laughs> and we're like, cool. And then let's be friends. Right. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? I think so. Yep. Right. So then I friended you on Facebook a couple days later and you, which I totally respect, you messaged me back and you're like, hey, I don't usually accept friend requests from just anyone. Have we met? And I was like, oh, I should have messaged her. And I was like, hi, yes. Hello, um, it is I, uh, fellow day designer friend. Right. I was like, remember <laughs> the coffee shop and the day designer? And you wrote back, oh, you're the Melissa. And I was like, I guess <laughs> the so. Melissa. Yeah. Yeah. And I so, always do that. I always double check. I'm like, who is For you? sure. Which you who should. You? Yeah. Um, but then, uh, like a month later, I think we had some contact just over Facebook a month sure. later. Yeah. That's right. You posted a thing for last year's Writer Olympics. Yeah, our first one. Asking for speakers. Mm -hmm. And I saw that and I dismissed it because I was like, I can't talk about writing or books or anything. Why would I even talk about? And I scrolled past it and I stopped and I thought for a second. I was like, well... I wonder if they'd want, like... What, what do writers suck at? Yeah. Oh, yeah, taking care of themselves. Right. I was like, I wonder if they want to, like, self-care or something. <laughs> Their mental and physical well-being. Right, right. And so then I applied. I went and I spoke. And that's where I met everybody. Yes. And I remember Gary. What I remember is he was so welcoming. Oh, yeah. He was just like, hello, new friend. <laughs> and I was like, well, he's a very nice person. <laughs> And then I had yes, missed... He meets no strangers. That's right. And then Janie was there, but I had missed her speaking, and she was very quiet. But I remember thinking, like, she, like, smiled, said hi, said a couple things to me, and I was like, she seems very nice. She is the nicest yes. of the nicest. So then I got, I met... I knew nothing about any of you. I go to the hotel, and I did my thing, and you all seemed nice, and we went out for dinner, and I was like... Yeah, maybe I'll go and, like, check out this group. They've got a meeting coming <laughs> this up. This Motley crew. It was a Motley crew, indeed. Oh, yeah. And then I just never looked back. And you, I mean, it was it was great. You just kept coming back. That's and, right. And, you know, at the time, like, Janie, Gary, and I, Orrin, we would talk, like, oh, my goodness, she's coming, like, to our workshops. This is so cool. Do you think she'll come back? Yeah, I think she'll come back. And, oh, it was just awesome. I loved it. Right. I loved it. And it was it was just fun getting to see you do the self-care thing. And you, had, you were hilarious because you had... Had so many things in there, like memes, and I think you made a Kim Kardashian joke or something. Sure and it was fantastic. It was super I loved fun. It. And then, the, and I, I still use the wheel, the chart thing. Yeah, it's on my bulletin board. That's like a big part. Well, so I never would have known that that would become such a big part of like yeah. this podcast that was a little teeny. No, it's awesome. Idea. And yeah. so then also, I can say like going. I've learned so much. I write all the time for Dragonfly. And the writing is different because they're not my stories to tell. I have to be trauma-informed about, I mean, the way we have to write is totally so different. specific. But I can tell you that right now I'm even working on a federal grant application and mm -hmm. my writing is different. Yeah. Well, there's things that in YWS we shed a big old light on and it's going to be your weaknesses and your strengths. Right. You have to be able to know what both of them are. Yep. So you can play up your strengths. You can work on your mm -hmm. weaknesses. You know, my weaknesses are in writing are usually going to be narrative, um, usually going to be descriptive mm -hmm. scenes because I'm a very dialogue-heavy writer. Yes. So I can teach dialogue all day. Mm -hmm. I can teach characterization all day. Those are my strengths. But I love it when, as members we all know mm -hmm. are all on the same path mm -hmm. we're writers we're mm -hmm. trying to figure this thing out some of us are good at this some of us are better at that and we learn from each other right well so 
But like, I don't do fiction writing. Is that a way to say it? I, I disagree. I read I, your short story okay. and I very much enjoyed it. So I disagree with that statement. I periodically write fiction. <laughs> I primarily write nonfiction. Thank you for those adverbs. But yes, but <laughs> even that, even so, it has improved. Oh that yeah, writing. I mean, my writing has improved. Right, it does. Every you 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 constantly grow. Mm-hmm. And then also we do now a spring conference. Yep. A fall conference, and now we have introduced a summer <laughs> writer bash, yeah, which apparently has been a fan favorite. I mean, yeah, it was really. It good. was my favorite. So, in this small suburb of Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. we have people coming to this group from all over the metro and, and outside of the metro and, and Texas. Texas. So, I think it's cool because you are making an impact in so many people's lives. <laughs> Just well, you guys make an impact in my life, too. And I mean, I think that as writers, that's the thing. That's the thing about being a writer. If I'm helping Carolyn Blevins make an impact mm-hmm. because I'm helping her with her book, right? Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of middle grade age kids read it and they fall in love with it. And then what if like a couple of them decide, I want to be a writer For too. Sure. And then it just keeps going yep. and going and going. It doesn't end. I mean, I became a writer for many reasons, but what sealed the deal for me was I read Stephen King's memoir. Mm. And at that time I had never even read any of his novels. Mm. So, and I know that a lot of people say that Stephen King is what, you know, prompted that. Okay. But I mean, it's interesting to see how writers turn more people into other writers. Yes. Awesome. That's an impact. For sure it is. And so, okay, I'm switching gears now. Let's switch. I'm switching to, you also do a lot of volunteering with jail ministry in Oklahoma yes. City. Yes. Uh, and that is a, that's a big part of your life. Yes. So what's the name of the ministry? So the actual name of the ministry is Oklahoma Jail and Prison Ministries or OJPM. Mm-hmm. And that's a nonprofit organization. And then... I go to the Oklahoma County Jail. Uh-huh. So it's, to be honest, it's known as pretty much like one of the worst jails here in Oklahoma yeah. in terms of just how awful it is. <laughs> and you can interpret that however you want and you'll probably still be right. I have some ideas. <laughs> yes. Um, go how, with what them. That might. Um, so, okay. So how long have you been volunteering? Um, at the end of June, it was my one year anniversary. So I've been there for a year and a month. And I basically, as far as background, I originally helped in the juvenile justice system in Pensacola, Florida, Mm -hmm. when I was going to college there. I did that for like a year and a half. And I absolutely loved it. I loved working in juvie. I loved working with those girls every Saturday morning instead of (laughs) doing homework, which I probably should have been doing. Mm -hmm. Um, We, my roommate and I, we would go out to the uh, juvenile justice system and work with the girls. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, and I wanted to do it again here. I wanted to do Juvie here once I moved back, but it just was not an open door. And then, you know, things happen, and it kind of fades out of view. Well, last year, I just could tell that there's there had been such a void in my life, like a spiritual void, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I thought, you know, what if I started doing Juvie again? And so I'd started that conversation with my pastor, and he made a bunch of phone calls. And then he just, we got stuck because they just at the time said, you know, man, we are, we're just full with help on juvie, but we have no help in the women's jail ministry. We have, we des like they said, we are desperate for people to help. And so my preacher was like, well, what do you think about that? And I was like, awesome, let's do it. Uh And so I started the 
process. And I did an interview with the head chaplain. I did the application. I did the background check. I did a lot of training. I had to do um, PREA training and basically like prison rape something act. It's it's basically the training that I have to go through mm-hmm. to watch out for inmates who appear to have signs of being raped. Okay. Um, it's very important. Like it's mandatory. I have to do it. Wow. Um, and then there are two mandatory conferences that I go to each year that are also part of my training. Uh-huh. It's four hours of training. So every single Friday, as long as I'm not uh, in Texas, like tomorrow I don't get to go right. because I'm going to be in Texas. But every Friday... I go out to the Oklahoma County Jail and I scan my badge in a couple of areas, type in a passcode and make my way to the elevator, tell them I want the sixth floor, off to the sixth floor I go, and then I head into the women's chaplain um, office and I sign in and get everything ready and I work with anywhere between four to seven inmates a day. So I'm usually there from uh, one to four, okay. the earliest, maybe three thirty. Mm-hmm. So I work with them every day and, you know, I've met girls who, I mean, and you already know mm-hmm. this, but I mean, I've worked with girls who grew up raised, right. You know, yep. grew up, uh, doing everything right. Still made a wrong turn, still right. went with the wrong people. I've met girls who were trafficked, yep. you know, sold, uh, the, the worst one that I've told you about, um, was, you know, she's age nine and sold for an eight ball. Um, I've met girls who have murdered people. Yeah. I've met girls who have trafficked drugs. I've met people all over the spectrum. Um, I've met girls who just bawled because, you know, this is my first time I've never been here and I, I don't know, I'm really messed up. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the ultimate goal, one, is for me to show them Jesus's love for them and salvation that he offers. That's mm-hmm. the first priority. Mm-hmm. And then secondly is to show them compassion and love that nobody else will show them. Okay. And also, if I can throw this out there real quick, yeah. I wrote a piece on it called mm-hmm. I've Hugged Murderers. Right. I've Hugged Murderers Volunteering in the Female mm-hmm. Jail Ministry. And a man commented on that post and he said, he basically said, well, why didn't she, talking about me, well, why doesn't she go hug the victims of the murder, right, of the murdered pe- uh, people? And I said, I wish I could. Right. I would do anything right. to be able to console them, too. But that's not where God called me. God right. called me to work with these women who, which I didn't say this, but people like you mm-hmm. have completely cast that's them aside right. as nothing. Yeah. But it does get frustrating. Because yeah. it's like, listen... Yeah, I sit knee to knee with these women in a little cubicle, right. and I have to have compassion for them because clearly nobody else does except for Jesus. Because and- correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't he specifically say go and visit go to, people yep. in prison? Yep. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, and 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 that's like a whole other conversation. Right. And he also says the same same thing about feeding the homeless. Yeah. But how many people just kind of pretend like they, that's yeah. not thing he was specifically talking he's saying reach out to marginalized people mm-hmm. and unfortunately that's well he had to say it for a reason what if what if what if and oh well what if they're going to take that money and do something else with it i wanted to start handing out blessing bags and doing dinners and stuff for the homeless in the metro and when i talked to my pastor about it, i said listen i'm getting some questions and it's the same type of question like well 
you know, how do you know what they're going to do with all of the stuff you're giving them? And my pastor said something that I'll never forget. He goes, I believe that when you are doing something that is from your heart and you're doing it for God, whatever it is, he'll bless it. Yeah. Like he'll bless whatever it is. is Straight up doing what Jesus said to do. So there's grace. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I love the jail ministry. I really, really do. Some days are really good and you just feel so on fire. You know, it's been a good day. Other days, sometimes I can leave there crying. Sometimes I can leave there. Um, just, I don't know if forlorn, forlorn is the right word, but just feeling like, man, you know, if you have a girl who's literally heading out, it's a Friday. She's leaving on Tuesday for prison for 33 years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's hard. It's just crazy right. the things that God can use you to help people that nobody else seems to care about. Yeah. And, and I mean, it does make, and it's even like the smallest things. And I know you already know where I'm going with this, but there's been times where when I finish up with a girl, we stand up and I hug her. And I've had it happen before where a few of them would say, wow. Like, I can't believe you hugged me. That's so cool. And I look at them and I'm like, well, why, why wouldn't I? Well, some people around here just think we're like diseased or something. Like we have leprosy right. and won't touch us. And I'm like, no, I'll hug you. Right. And I mean, that, that's so sad, but that is the reality yeah. of it. And do I understand that? Yes, there are cold blooded murderers that I have talked to. They still need love. All right. They still need Jesus. They still need somebody to care. Yeah. You know, and that's where you have to be able to put everything aside for the time that you're in there and not, I don't know. I guess I could sit there and think about like, oh, look what you've done. Right. But I could be there too. There's no difference. I, I can mean, be sitting there. It's like one turn making oh, one yeah. turn or, or being turn. in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. And it's almost always there's a boyfriend involved. Right. That is always. A, and what's crazy to me is that they will not give them up. Right. Oh, no. They won't do it. Mm-hmm. It's very rare. They'll take the heat. They'll take it. Right. As long as the boyfriend's okay. Gosh. Of course, the boyfriend never comes to bail them out. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yep. That's pretty typical. Mm-hmm. No, no idea where we he hear is. A lot of stories. Like oh that, yeah. So. It's very, very, it's kind of like a pattern yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. So, well, that's awesome. I just, that's all I have to say. I mean, it's just so <laughs> great to hear about it. You've told me some stories before about that and uh, just the difference that you're making in their lives. I mean, the and I'm not the only one. Like, there's not, other right. chaplains. And my dad is doing yes. it now. Uh-huh. It's just it's so cool. Well, like, I mean, it's awesome. What I think is interesting, too, is I know that there's a lot of training involved with everything you do. But then sometimes the biggest impact is that you're going to you're willing to give someone a hug. Yeah, it's, that's I mean, what I'm saying. That's, it's the really little things. Yeah. Or asking them. Okay. There are times when I've had them where they, oh, I found out my grandma died. I found out this. And I always, I don't know why I do it, but I always say things like, oh, what was your grandma like? Mm-hmm. Or, oh, what is she, did you eat a lot of her cooking or whatever? And I turn it into a positive, And then all of a sudden, before you know it, we're talking about grandma's fried chicken and gravy. Right. And it's little things like that showing that you care. You're just you, connecting with them on a human level. Ex- thank you. You can't. Exactly. Everything can't be about what well, you did and you're yeah, talking about not, jail and you're talking about no. this. Like, can we also just connect as human I, beings? A few weeks ago, I had an inmate. She was laughing so hard. She could not breathe because we were talking about her grandma and what mm-hmm. her grandma was like. And I was telling her about what my grandma was like and how she hated cats and would chase them around with a frying pan, like <laughs> what you would see in a cartoon. And she could not breathe. And she was laughing so hard that she made me tell the rest of the office the story. (laughs) And I know this sounds weird, but like 
her being able to laugh oh, that sure. hard is like the most amazing thing that we take for granted. So therapeutic. It's so, yep. and you could tell she just looked like a different person from being able to laugh like yeah. that. And then the other inmates were laughing. And then the secretary, every time that an inmate comes in, they get a piece of candy. Like that just makes their whole day and they get out the candy yeah. thing and then they get to pick out candy. They mm -hmm. also get to pick out books mm -hmm. that they live for that. Right. And it's those little things that, like you said, humanizes them mm -hmm. and connects with them. And it is so crazy to me that I have zero time to be doing this. And yet God somehow squeezes makes in it, the time and yeah. it happens. Sometimes there's just grace there. Yeah. It, that, that doesn't make sense. No, it really doesn't. There yeah. is no conceivable way for me to be able to run a business, do YWS, do jail ministry, see family, see friends, have a life, mm -hmm. take care of a house and three dogs. I mean, there really should be 40 hours in a day there should <laughs> to, be. to squeeze in all right? this stuff. But Hilarious that there isn't. Yeah, I know. Okay, the last thing that I want to do is give you the opportunity to do some plugs. Oh, I love to plug away things. Okay, so <laughs> you have you have a book that's already it's published. You want me to plug. Right, okay, so you have books in three different genres. You oh got Lord, your, yes. you got the suicide tree yes. fiction. And then, well, just, you know what? So you talk we'll, about your books. we'll work. We'll work this way. So the upcoming book is The Ten Commandments of Author Branding, set to release probably in early October. Uh, the Suicide Tree is a science fiction adventure novel with a big old dose of humor in it, released <laughs> October 30th, 2018. Mm -hmm. Before that was my short story, The Rotting, in the anthology Shivers in the Night, which is published through the Yukon Writers Society. So that has short stories from 10 of our members. And then before that, in 2015, the pre-publishing checklist, which is updated every six months. And that is what is used as a freebie for anybody who wants it. Um, they can grab that and learn all about the self-pub world and kind of help them to avoid pulling out their hair. Um, after the Ten Commandments of Author Branding, I will do a book of poetry called All the Things I Should Have Told You. And then after that, 2020 is my year for the sci-fi thriller. It is unnamed. But I'm really excited about that. All of those things are available on Amazon. Um, the pre-pub checklist is on my website, Shayla Raquel, no C, R-A-Q-U-E-L.com. Mm -hmm. And the Yukon Writers Society, of course, we have a website as well, Yukon Writers Society. Mm -hmm. And you can find our blog on there. You can find our upcoming workshops. You can learn about the Writer Olympics. Mm -hmm. You can even listen to our podcast, The Writer's Nook. Lots of really good stuff there. Um, so then how do people follow you? If you listen... If you like um, photos of, if you like hilarious photos and videos of dogs. Which you should. Which you should. If you, yeah, well, I was going to. you gonna, have a heart. Thank you. So I was going to make a judgment call and no, say something. No, I did that for you. You did it. Um, then you should be following. So tell the people where to follow you. So on Instagram, which is my jam, mm -hmm. you can find me at. Shayla Lee Raquel, because there's a Shayla Raquel who has my username but doesn't update at all. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> at Shayla Lee Raquel, it's so the same on Twitter. On Facebook, it's just Shayla Raquel. That's my Facebook author page. Since all the platforms are different, I treat them differently. And mm -hmm. so you'll see different things on each platform. But Instagram is definitely my favorite. I have the most sure. amount of followers on there. And I love spending time coming up with cool photo ideas. But my story is where it's at. Because you'll usually yep. you'll see my dog photos and videos and the crazy antics that they... I mean, it looks like they're trained to do this crazy stuff. But they're not. They are just 
crazy dogs. Often and, you're in bed. Oh, usually. And they are just tearing it up and yep. ripping into it. Not really ripping into oh, each other. Oh, it looks other, like but... Chanel's trying to kill Wednesday. <laughs> and the whole time she's wagging her tail, having a blast. Right. But it, she bears all of her teeth. Wednesday likes to boop her on the head with her paw. I mean, Wednesday knows Wednesday what's going to happen. Wednesday is 100 times the size of Chanel, <laughs> FYI. Wednesday is a biggie. She's 70 pounds and she's a Doberman and Chanel is this, you know, on like a fat day, she might be 10 pounds, but I think she's like usually in between eight and nine. And then Baker, my big boy, he is just a doll. He's the newest addition to my family. He's seven months old. freaking cute. He does not have a bad day. Wakes up happy, goes to bed happy. So, uh, and I also post photos of books I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I love to post memes because yes, I love to laugh. I love to share funny videos. So if you come and see me on there, tell me you saw me on Melissa Ike's Making Your Impact podcast. Yeah. And I will give you some Instagram love. You're going to enjoy it. It's entertaining. It really is. All right. Well, is Shayla Raquel, I think we're done. We have covered. We did. I tried to not be verbose, but I don't know how to do that. You were perfect. I just just love to tell stories. You were perfect. Well, here's the thing. I asked you to come onto my podcast not to be silent. (laughs) I mean, I asked you questions. And then when you finished... When you finished a story, then I asked you additional questions. So I feel like you did it right. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge, huge fan of this podcast. But more importantly, I'm a huge fan of you. I was just going to say I'm so excited that you are in my life and I get to, I don't know, just watch you grow with Dragonfly, with your writing, with this podcast. I'm crazy about it. And I am very, very honored to know you. Thank you for being a part of my life and for encouraging me. You're one of these people in my life now who really makes me believe that I can do these things. Because you totally can. See, that's why you're one of the people in my life. You can do all the things. It's crazy. (laughs) Nothing is impossible. You just have to figure it out. Like Think of all the things we thought were impossible at one point that are totally normal now. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't wrap up an episode better than that. So, (laughs) all right. Thank you, Shayla. Thank you. I was so thankful to have Shayla come on the show. Let me tell you, there is never a dull moment with Shayla around. Um, Our conversation actually went longer than what I just shared with you. And in a few weeks, I will share the rest of that because we talked all about things like setting goals and habits and self-care. But for now, I'm just going to share a very quick new segment that was a specific request from Shayla herself. And thus, I am dedicating it to her. This is the French mot du jour. In the French, mot du jour, I will share a vocabulary word or an expression in French because that is a throwback to my very first profession when I used to teach French at Des Moines Area Community College. So today's expression is in honor of Sheila Raquel, and it is ça déchire. Ça déchire is a slang expression that can mean anything from that's awesome to that rocks, but it also means something else that I specifically chose because of Shayla. And since this whole segment was her idea and and because I'm dedicating it to her, I would like to say that ça déchire also means that kicks ass because that's what Shayla does all day, every day. So ça déchire, Shayla, ça déchire. 
So now to wrap up the episode, here's your question of the up. Like Shayla and I were discussing at the end of our conversation, what is something from your past that you once thought was impossible that is now totally normal for you? I think it's helpful to think about those things that we have already accomplished and let them inspire us for the things that we want to accomplish in the future to remind us that we can actually do it. Leave your answer to this question in the post for this episode, episode 11, on the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn by searching Melissa Ike. That's E-I-C-K. On the next episode, I'll share a specific aspect of my self-care journey that I have been on this year. And bonus, this episode includes recordings from a field trip, sort of, so to speak. So thank you so much, as always, for joining me on today's episode. Please keep listening to stay inspired and remember that the world needs you to make your impact.